is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, since its first broadcast over a century ago, radio continues to reach millions of people around the world, providing news and information on all aspects of human life. And this year's World Radio Day, which falls on February the 13th, we celebrated and highlighted the power and influence of a medium that continues to shape how we view the world around us. I, I can tell you with a lot of confidence that where I come from, radio is the only source of information, trusted source of information. Mm. We have spoken to people who say if they don't listen to a radio in the morning, they feel bad. But not every radio, credible, credible radio, radio journalism, mm. credible radio journalism. When, when the news is coming on at 7 o'clock, we have the traditional drums that will play. Yeah. And you know when that one comes up, man, you're, not, so you're supposed to be up and running. That is David Vandy, a veteran radio broadcaster and my colleague here at The Voice of America. He joins me together with John Tanza Mabusu, the host and managing editor of VOA's radio program, South Sudan in Focus. And Nigerians head to the polls in what many say is the most important election in their country's recent history. Generally, I think it's not in the favor of the ruling party. Nigerians are not going, they are not going to the polls so happy. Adeola Odunowo is a Nigerian entrepreneur based in Lagos. He joins me later in the show to speak on the issues driving young people to the polls. But first, as always, let's hear from you, our listeners. The question went out to Nigeria. What are some of the most critical issues that you're hoping that the next leader should prioritize? This is what you had to say. One for light. Second one a fuel. Third one a security. Number one, to empower the assistant so that we can improve our business. That will make our business to improve. Number two, to make sure to help us to bring the, tar- the, the tariff of all this material that we normally used to go and buy in the market to bring it down for the new president that is coming. Getting to a customer when you tell them the price of this clothes is the material they want, they need is this, is this. Many people will complain that the, the price is too much. Even though when the customer brings a cloth, you charge him for a, a price that's also amount, you will say, ah, why is it too much like this? So and sometimes when we have a work, we don't get a light. Many thanks to all of you for your opinions. This is Upfront on The Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bongani. Now, since the first broadcast over a century ago, radio remains by far the most widely consumed medium of communication with millions of people around the world tuning in each day to access all kinds of information about the world around them. And get this, according to UNESCO, More than 95% of the world's population uses radio. Even with the proliferation of digital and visual media, radio remains popular because it is a relatively low-cost and effective way to reach people who might not otherwise have access to information. But that hasn't stopped some people from proclaiming that radio as a medium of communication is on its last legs. Is there any truth to this? To find out, I asked my colleagues, David Vandy, a veteran radio broadcaster from Sierra Leone. David is the host of African Beat on The Voice of America. He joins me in the studio together with John Tanza Mabusu from South Sudan. He's the host of VOA's South Sudan in Focus program. Like millions of people on the continent, they both grew up listening to radio, 
and they join me to talk about how they started in their broadcasting career and what they say is the power and influence of radio in their communities. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, so let me start off with uh, you, David Vandy. Tell us, take us through your journey. How did you start into radio? Was, was radio your first love? Did you just happen to get into it by happenstance, by mistake? How did it start well, for you? Well, I, I, not, I would not say mistake. My first love was actually talking because I'm an actor. Yeah. So I love to talk and I talk to people. And it was during one of my plays that I was doing, one of the, 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 the director general of the National Radio and Television, uh, he, he, was a, he was a good friend and he goes to see all my plays all the time, uh, the late Jibu Felix George. And he invited me in 1989 to audition at the National Radio and Television. Mm. You know, he invited me to do that. And I went there, okay, but uh, whatever happened, I did not get the court. But just a few months after that, in 1990, the first FM radio station was opened in Sierra Leone. And I was also at the, at the, at the Benjamin Hotel at the residence mm. where the station was. I was actually doing a show. Right, right at the venue where the station was. The station was upstairs. And, and I'm assuming that was the only radio station at the time in the country, the, no? The first FM, no, the only radio station at the time was the Syrian Broadcasting Service, right. the national radio. So the first FM radio station to be opened in Sierra Leone in 1990, the mm. Atlantic Broadcasting Corporation, by two guys from the BBC, Jackie Chambers and Martin Davis. You know, they were upstairs, and I was down doing a show, and I was talking. And, and then they had my voice. And like, we want that. this guy on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you started off in acting, drama, yeah. and then you found your way into radio. Exactly. Do you remember what your first broadcast was about? My, the, the, my first broadcast, was after my training, you understand? It was a show called uh, The Atlantic Cruise. I was the first Sierra Leonean to walk on radio after midnight because the, the radio station at the time used to watch the close, yes, close and at midnight. I had to come in after midnight to keep the people up until 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. You play music and play talk. Play music and talk. Yeah. And man, Good the pubs were opening. They, they refused to go to sleep. Yeah. To, people would t call and tell me, I, I, all my battery is gone, man. There was no light. I was using battery and I had to go and buy another battery because I had to listen to yeah. you. And the pubs turn down their own music they have and then they tune on to me because they listen to the quality of the music. I was right, playing. right. Uh, that's quite interesting. Quite interesting journey. And your journey still continues. But we also have John Tanza Mabusu, the man from South Sudan. He's the host of uh, South Sudan in Focus and managing editor. Uh, John, I know uh, when you started off in 2010 here at The Voice of America, that wasn't your first year in radio. Matter of fact, you had just come from Nairobi. Is that correct? Or? Yes, yes. T why don't you tell us a little bit how you started well, into radio? Well, uh, uh, you know, what brought me into radio is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a born communicator. I mean, during my young age, I mean, my, my peers, I, I used to make them laugh, you know, crack jokes mm -hmm. here and there. And so I discovered I could do mass communication. And so when I was, you know, when I finished my undergrad, I mean, first degree in communications and uh, USAID had given a lot of money for Sudan. Those days it was Sudan to start the first independent radio in the history of Sudan because in Sudan, you only have government radios. In Juba, you have Radio Juba, Radio Malaka, Radio Wow, mm. Radio Omdurman in Khartoum. An international organization based here in Washington called Education Development Center was implementing that project. And so I was recommended. I came in and I was working as a senior reporter. And my job was to, you know, um, read news in English and 
colloquial Arabic. I started doing that in 2003 and uh, when I did it for two, two years and there was a need for management. So they uplifted me up in the management then we recruited other people to do the job. But you were still broadcasting I even was as still a broadcasting. manager? As a manager, I mm-hmm. had my favorite show called Nogaratana, our drum. Our drum, and so I was doing a musical. You show. were the drum beater. I was a drum of the beater. village. <laughs> I was the drum beater of the village. So I was doing that program, not knowing that every, people were listening to it. Of course, people were listening. The globe yes, because we were on uh, on internet yeah. and stuff like that. So that's how I got into radio, and I love radio because when I was a kid, my father will put his radio somewhere. I'm the only guy who is told to go and bring that radio. And I will be told to look for BBC, mm. Voice of America, or Deutsche Welle. So your your, right. your relationship with the radio started as a young age. <laughs> as a young guy. When, when, did, you, when, when, when did your relationship start with, with radio? As uh, Do you remember your early days listening to radio? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, in my early days, first of all, I used to be a DJ. As, as, as young as six, yeah. my mother used to sell um, drinks at home. So when people would come from work, you would play the and music. Yeah. And, I'll be play- and you know, we had this uh, turntable Tun- yes. that is in something like a briefcase. Yes. With the, when you open it, the speaker Yes, on top. well, we see it right you know, there. That's right over there. there, yes. And yes. you have this 45. Yes. So that's what I used to play. So so that's how that's how I got started. So I I was I, I've been in it. Like did I said, you, did you listen to radio in the morning when you when you're growing up? The, the first thing the, the first thing you learn as, in Africa at six o'clock in the morning when BBC comes on, yes. you hear that signature yes. tune. Then you know that it's absolutely morning. time to wake up. <laughs> if you're still in bed, yes. And, <laughs> and, and with our local radio, yeah. with the SLBS, yeah. when, when the news is coming on at seven o'clock, we have the traditional drums that we play, yeah. and you know when that one comes up, man. You're not so you're supposed to be up and running. On the Voice of America. Hello, I'm Richard Martin Smolke from Nigeria, Taraba State, Biambu, Federal Local Government. I'm enjoying your program. Thank you very much. Hi, this is Liz Kemigisa from Kampala, Uganda, and I love listening to Upfront. Happy World Radio Day. Uh, we have two legendary broadcasters in the studio here, John Tanza Mabusu and David Vandy. Vandy hosts uh, Africa Beat, African Beat on, African the, voice Beat. Of, uh, on the Voice of America. Uh, John Tanza is the managing editor and host of South Sudan in Focus. <laughs> Did you listen to radio growing up as yes, a kid? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I used to listen. I mean, I would sit next to my dad, and then when my dad passed away, my uncle adopted me. I would listen next to my uncle. My uncle was also a radio man, so when I came in, mm-hmm. he knew that I know how to manipulate the radio and I know, you know how hard it is to listen to a radio in a shortwave. Mm-hmm. Sometimes due to weather, conditions, yeah, you're not yeah. able. So I was the radio man. Yeah. I'll come there and they will, he will tell me, <laughs> I want this station. And I will just go You'll around. Be the, you, you will know where yeah, to go. I will yeah. find tune and tune and tune. When I get it, when the red light comes in, it's stereo is going on. <laughs> then he will tell me you can go. But I will not go very far. I sit somewhere. It's very interesting. If kids were to listen to us right now, talking about radio and our access to information, how you know it was difficult to even get access to a radio to listen to a to frequency. To yourself, you know, yeah. I remember when I was in Uganda in my primary school, 
Kenya, uh, I think it was KTN, Kenya National Television, Kenya Te- Radio, the, 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 the national broadcast in Kenya was the only one that had more than one frequency. And one of the frequencies used to play music. And because I was interested in music, we used to try to capture it to capture at the it. hours when, I guess, there are less interruptions less in the interrupted. airwaves. Yes, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, yes, <laughs> but yes. let, let me talk about, let's talk about the power of radio in our communities. In Starting for you in Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone, obviously, a country that has had a, a very interesting history, troubled history. You had a civil war for many years. Um, what is the power of radio? Radio is powerful. Let me just take you to during the time of the war, when we had the 11 year civil war. In as much as the soldiers were fighting, we had people, soldiers from different countries that make up Ecomog, but it was the radio that actually fought the war because. When all other radio stations, like the government radio and other independent radios that came on now were off the air, it was Radio Democracy FM 98.1 that was the only voice apart from the BBC. And it was that radio that saved people. Because when the radio tell you, don't go to a particular place, the Alpha Jet is coming towards that end, you know that you are saved. People died because of that radio. Mm-hmm. Because when the rebels will come, if they hear you listening to that radio, they will kill you. So people hide, go under their beds, just like find them frequency to listen to 98.1 radio. So the radio fought the war in our own way. The way we know is to talk. So that's why I said the radio is powerful. Mm. And to, up to today, 98.1 FM, it is wow. still on air. Wow. That's a great legacy. Now, John... Because of all these technologies, you know, cell phone, TV, obviously, people consume a lot of visual media. They're saying radio is dead. Is radio dying? No, 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 no. <laughs> Radio is not going to die. Whoever thinks radio is going to die is daydreaming because radio penetrates into the bedroom. Every bedroom at night, radio is there. Mm. It, it doesn't have eyes. It doesn't have ears. But it keeps the people alert. I'll give you an example. You're talking about um, an FM station in, in Sierra Leone that was fighting the war. During our war in South Sudan, the Ethiopian government gave uh, Dr. John Garang their gospel radio station in Addis Ababa. It was called SPLA Radio. That radio fought the war. Mm-hmm. The SPLA will tell you, we are coming, and they will come. They will come. Mm-hmm. If they say, we are, we are marching towards this town, they are marching. They, so radio was so powerful. And I can remember in 1987, Radio SPLA was banned in, in, in Sudan. But, you know, this is a shortwave. You cannot ban a shortwave. So by three, you lock yourself in your room and you tune. You That's listen. Right. That's you want right. to listen to the war news, mm. what is happening. What is happening. Yeah. You know, people listen to radio because of curiosity. Let, let, they don't let, know let, what is happening on the other side. Let me give you an instance. There was a day um, during the... Um, the 1999 invasion of Freetown when the rebels came into Freetown in 1999. All right? And uh, by then, 98.1 FM radio stations were now up at Signal Hill in the capital city. You know, because originally nobody knew where the radio station was. Mm. The rebels were it finding it tooth and nail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To find it. To find it. Yes, because when you capture radio, you capture radio you've captured you know, power. And really. that was the only thing that was disturbing their peace. Mm. But when we came into town, and then there was this attack again in 1999. At some point, about two to three weeks, I was the only voice on the radio. And then 
what actually happened? There was a day my family was behind rebel lines and I was sitting there telling people that everything is going to be okay. But my kids were behind rebel lines. And I am human. It got to some point, I got so emotional that I switched the radio off. Wow. I turned off the transmitter and mm. everything. Because you are the operator, you are the producer, you are the presenter, you are everything. So we know about everything from mm. the transmitter, how to turn it on, how to turn it off, everything we know. Guess this, what? This was in the middle of the war. In the middle of the war. And that was the only voice that was going out. Wow. You want to see the government ministers, the, so the military, this, that. Everybody running to the station. They thought <laughs> the station has been attacked. By your action of turning off the radio station. And my only reason for doing yeah. that, I wanted to know what was going to happen to my family. And it worked. Mm. Also, you and were asking, you were demanding for your, your family to be rescued. To be rescued. Yeah. If I'm there fighting, let somebody tell me how my family is going to be rescued. And it worked. So that's the power of radio. And it was like the whole country was dead. Because that was their only source of hope, the radio. Mm. When the radio is on and you can they hear it, you can you hear know it. There's, hope. there's hope. Yes, yeah. there is life. There is life. There is life. Let's talk about the changing landscape of radio stations in, in, in Africa, broadcast journalism generally on the continent. Is there hope? Is there a future? What are some of the changes that give you hope that radio is still very much alive and relevant and functional and utilitarian, uh, that people are actually listening to it, especially for you broadcasters? I mean, I, I, I would say radio has a long lifespan in, in this business, as long as they employ professionals. Because you remember the sad story about uh, Rwanda, mm. and every dictator will point to that and say, you see what the radio did in Rwanda? They will just, they will, they will, they will go, you know, by pinpointing mistakes. But if radio is managed by professionals, people who know... Who and use the right way. They use it the right way, radio is going to stay forever. Regardless of TV, come on, look at Africa. Look at the economic... Uh, power in Africa, the buying power. Who has it? They, they there's, a few urban centers yeah, here, urban centers, and they're the ones who can access yes, TV. And, it's it's yeah. somebody who has money who can access television or a satellite television. Yeah. Yeah. But wants, the majority yeah. of the people, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the majority of the people are still for radio. Yeah, in the rural areas. Saying, you know, yeah. Exactly. You yeah. see, you see what Tanza is saying. It is so true. A few days ago, I had an interview in Sierra Leone on the same World Radio Day. I was here and they called me. And one thing I talked about is what Tansa just talked about. Integrity. When you work on the radio, that is one thing you should have. Integrity. Mm. You should be a professional. Because the people out there that you're talking to, their hope and their dependent is on you. The person a, behind the microphone the should have microphone, legitimacy. That vo- yeah. You have to be legit yeah. to sit behind that microphone because what you're telling them is gospel. Yeah. And it's like I used to say when you open this microphone, when you say <coughs> that you're not supposed to say, mm, by the time you come back to say you are sorry, if one million people were listening, mm. five hundred thousand have tuned off, and you're not going to get them back so easily. Which is why we have the cough button right here. In studio. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I just pressed it, which which muted me. <laughs> but we do we do have a cough a cough button here in the studio. You know, so integrity counts. You know, like you talk about the the, the landscape that is happening now. People are talking about, oh, social media, this is the... Social media and radio are complete two... It's like... Night and day. Night and day. Mm. Night and day. Mm. You understand? On social media, everybody is professed to be what they want to be. 
Everybody is a blogger, everybody is a journalist, everybody is a this, everybody is that. But for you to be in radio, you have to be a professional. Yeah. You have to have integrity. And the dedication, and dedication. to the art, to the craft, to the science. You don't just to get up people. one morning and yeah. you think Jackson passes Oh yes, you know Jackson passes away. No, you don't do that. Mm. And radio. There's a process. There's a process <laughs> that you have to go yeah. through. So integrity counts. Professionalism. Everything about it counts. That's the difference. And loyalty. And loyalty. Loyalty. Yeah. loyalty is and that's yeah. the difference with, yeah. with the radio. When I say radio, traditional radio and what is happening today. The internet cannot go everywhere. Television, like we say, cannot go everywhere. This social media, if you take your phone, you go to some place, it will not work. But radio goes everywhere i can remember at some point voa used to send out radios that people just crank mm. they crank it you see people in their villages crank 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 and then you see everybody come and sit down they listen to voa wow just like that <laughs> <laughs> how time has changed yeah and then uh, i mean just talking about how the, the sustainability of radio i i can tell you with a lot of confidence that where i come from radio is the only source of information trusted source of information mm. we have spoken to people who say if they don't listen to a radio in the morning they feel bad but not every radio credible, credible radio, radio journalism mm. credible radio journalism that was john tanza mabusu and david vandy both radio broadcasters here at the voice of america david is the host of african beat on the voa and John Tanzama Busu is the host and managing editor of South Sudan in Focus. You can listen to both their programs at voaafrica.com. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vunganyi. Nigeria, Africa's most populous nation and the biggest economy on the continent, is gearing up for elections on the 25th of February. As the top presidential candidates make their final rounds of campaigns around the country, they are all targeting the crucial youth vote. Nigeria's youth make up the majority of the over 90 million registered voters. So what are some of the top issues driving this year's election and what are the candidates doing to encourage voter turnout? For that, I reached Adiola Odunowo, a young Nigerian entrepreneur based in Lagos. So, Adiola, thank you so much for joining us today. As Nigerians prepare for elections in the coming days, give us a little understanding of what the mood is like in, in Lagos, where you're best right now. Okay, so um, the mood right now is, is basically in two folds. One, within the young people, the youths, are like excited, they are anticipating, they can't wait to they can't wait to go to the pools to uh create some kind of change in the in the society. While for the established politicians, the the major ruling parties, uh PDP and APC, they are like um trying to hold on to the stronghold, hold on to power. So 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 that's that's basically the two divides I noticed like one one section of people who can't wait to get to the polls to um revolt against the system how, how has the campaign season been as compared to past election periods like in the history of nigerian politics money has always played a very significant role especially towards the tail end of the uh campaign period but with the naira swap the the Naira redesign, sorry, Naira redesign and all the 
recent policies coming from the central bank um is not being business as usual so who are some of the candidates yes, at yes. least the main candidates and what kind of change are they promising okay so basically, basically in 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 no particular order there are there are three well let me just say four top run top runners we have the apc the ruling party with um um, Ashwaju Bola Metunumbu, that's the presidential candidate. Then the PDP, PDP, PDP was the party that um, the APC took, gov- uh, took took over from the government. Uh, that's the um, Alaji Atiku Abubakar is the flag bearer for the PDP. Then the the, the third force, you know, as is as is um, being described now, is the Labour Party, which has uh, Peter Obi. The third force, the Labour Party, is looking more like a revolutionary force, you know, in in the history of um, Nigerian politics. Before now, the Labour Party is is uh, not really like they they're not in contention. Let me put it that way. They are not one of the leading parties, you know. But now they they are like rated like top top three. So of all the three leading, let's say the three leading candidates, uh, who is mm-hmm. being viewed as the change candidate among the youth? The, the, the youth votes, uh, I would say 100% is going to Epita Obi because among, among the three leading presidential candidates is the one who's kind of closest in terms of age brackets to that seem to understand the problems of the um, economy and the the basic problem that the young people are facing, you know. And in, in terms of interaction, uh, if you put if you put vis-a-vis the online interaction across different social media platforms, it's still Peter Obi that is the one who has had more mentions, the most mentions among the. And and for the first time, I think we've had some something that looks more like an organic followership. Peter Obi joined the Labour Party. The Labour Party wasn't really known, but just by Peter Obi joining the Labour Party, now the Labour Party has become like a force to reckon with. Even though in, in within the Nigerian space, it's always said that, oh no, the, the two major parties, APC and PDP, they are the ones that have the structure in terms of like national structure. But here is a Labour Party with no structure, no sitting governors, and in a couple of months, they've been able to build so much followership, especially within the youth, you know, the youth bracket, and they are all getting up to, like, come up with a new Nigeria. So the slogan goes, a new Nigeria is possible. And that slogan in itself has that revolutionary effect on the young people's mindset. Well, what are some of the main issues that are driving people to the polls this year? Oh, so NSAS, I would say, plays a very significant one. Did you say yes, NSAS? Yes, that happened in 2020. Yes. Right. That's like um, uh, against the police brutalization, you know. There's, there's this outstanding issue where people generally believe that some people were killed at the toll gates, you know, until date. There's been no um, justice, you know, People have not been brought to book. Uh, even the government has not really um, uh, admitted that X, Y, Z number of people 
were killed, you know. So there's that, there's just that, they, they just feel like it's been swept under the carpet since 2020. That's that's still like some kind of outstanding score they have to settle with the with, with the with the sitting government. So that's what about one. The then the crunch in the economy. Yeah. yeah, the crunch in the economy. I was just coming to that. With people don't have money to spend, like you know. So so you you listen to families complaining about not having money to feed their families. You know, there's still also the false the false scarcity is still in existence. There are several queues. Gen- just general the exchange rate naira to dollar you know now the naira is not even available you know before before now there was naira you know there was naira available now with the cbn the new cbn policy with the naira redesign and the swaps which has not been going on well within the banking sector and there's been pockets of riots here and there across the country you know some banks were being bombed you know, a um, couple of people lost their lives due to police brutality, which is still like ongoing. So all that, I generally, I think is not in the favor of the ruling party because, I mean, for a party whose claims to have delivered several infrastructural mileage over the eight years of their reign, and towards the tail end, you have all these um, challenges taking them straight into the pools. I, I, I want to believe that <laughs> Nigerians are not going, they are not going to the pool so happy. And with that, we come to the end of our show today. Many thanks to all of you for tuning in, whether you tune in on radio or online via our website at voaafrica.com. We thank you and many thanks to my guests, David Vandy of African Beat and John Tanza Mabusu of the South Sudan in Focus program. Many thanks to Adiola Odunowo in Lagos, Nigeria. Remember to connect with us on all our social media platforms. We are at VOA Africa and at VOA Upfront. Until next time, I'm Jackson